Oh my gosh, it is uh, one of my favorite shows. Yes, mine too. <laughs> uh, I like Loki. It's a hot take, but I I love it more than RuPaul's. No, for sure. Like that's what I think each time I watch it. I'm like, I wish there was as much of this as there is as RuPaul because there's like 20 seasons of that. And like, oh, I can't wait for that. Like, ooh, <laughs> oh, it's gonna be it. so good. I, oh, I'm just yeah, I'm so obsessed with it. I love it. So, so I much. you put it in your newsletter piece, Lindsay, about like how you don't necessarily have to like make a comparison or make it like a WWE versus anything else like type of thing. Like RuPaul's Drag Race is the bigger entity. It's like the more mm-hmm. like name brand of it. It's the more mainstreamed of it. But I guess what I'm happy about in the fact that there's these two shows that have a fairly wide universe now is that there's a lot of drag artists and a lot of like really like a wide variety within that scope getting attention because of their like time on these shows. So it's like win, 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 even though with RuPaul's Drag Race, I also understand that there's a lot of other strings attached behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm just like, I, I love these shows that create like spaces for queer artists to create. Like there's an episode or a season rather of RuPaul where it's like all winners that they have and they don't do eliminations. And it really yes. like completely eradicates like all of like, you know, there are a lot of big personalities and there's a lot of money on the line and they need money to make their art. So like people get competitive, people get manipulative within that like context. And it's also like, oh, like how am I going to get my like character over and like remembered and stuff like so it just like threw that out the door and it was just like all these people talking each other up and like making really like good like skits and stuff like that whole season is hysterical. Like I love it. Yeah, I really liked the All-Stars, All-Winners season experiment for that exact reason. And also because it takes the pressure off of the like of that end of the game. And instead, it does really make it so that these queens like end up having to work together in a, in a cohesive fashion to make the best possible thing that they can do together. Which I think is like a really powerful way to do a season of Drag Race. Because oftentimes it's like pitting them against each other. They're trying to like stand out, etc. And they are trying to do that here. But... You can tell that there's a commitment from the whole group to make everyone look good. And mm-hmm. to the point where it's like, it is the most like wall to wall positive season. Like there's nothing there's, it's clear that the winners came in with a proviso of like, you will not be taking us down in any shape or form. Like we are winners. We will mm-hmm. be treated as such. You will be telling us every time you do a critique, all of the best things that we did and leave out anything negative. And oh, yeah, well. as a result, it's like, <laughs> it is, it is, the least amount of drama possible, but not in a way that detracts from anything. Because honestly, I think it's cool. I think it's like neat to get to see them just do like do the work well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was actually one of my favorite things about this episode because when it starts, they're all like, like, we're gonna fight each other, like we're gonna fight, we're gonna get tension out, we're like that, then we're gonna be friends, and then they have to work together. And one of them is literally like, Oh my gosh, this is like a group challenge, like performance. Like we this isn't like the ones we did before. Like we actually have to like make sure we both do really well. So neither of us get eliminated. And I was just hoping to like beat someone up. So wow. <laughs> okay, that is the perfect place for us to jump in. But that is like, cause, cause that, that was like, of course, for like anyone who's like a drag fan, but also like a wrestling fan. That's the moment where you're like, yeah, it's a performance. You have to commit to each other. You have to trust each other. <laughs> Hello, everyone. I'm, I'm just open. Hello, everyone. Um, welcome to Grit and Glitter this week. Uh, we are not talking Survivor Series. We are not talking any other major things that happened in wrestling this week. Instead, we're going to jump back a little bit. Um, if you are a subscriber to our Patreon newsletter, you may have gotten to read this excellent this past week's excellent piece by Lindsay Ray Gunn. You may have gotten to talk already about um, a previous season of the Belay Brothers Dragula, Dragula Titans, where in episode six, they revisited a wrestling challenge based on the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. Their version, of course, is the ugly ladies of wrestling. 
um, in the All-Stars uh, Titan season, they're like previous contestants who they brought back for various reasons. Um, they revisited this challenge that they did like way back early in the early days of the series. And Lindsay, in the most like brilliant newsletter piece we have had in a while, breaks down these characters so perfectly that the, that the queens come up with. Um, I liked this so much that I wanted to talk about this for like hours and hours. I promise it won't be hours and hours. But Lindsay, you are willing to join me. And we have a new friend on the show who is not so much of much of a wrestling fan, but definitely a fan of the series. So I thought we would get all kinds of perspectives here. So hello again, Lindsay. Welcome back. It's been so long. I know. And I'm so excited to be here. And we're going to talk about Dragula, but still like touch upon wrestling and all of the similarities therein. I can't wait. It's always my favorite thing when we get to talk about dragon wrestling. Like I really like I cannot get enough of it. We talked to like a couple months ago, we talked to Charles Studding about burlesque and wrestling. We've talked about the intersections of dragon wrestling on the show before. We even when we talked about the original Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, we even are going to touch on things that we're going to touch on in this episode. So like it all weaves together. This is definitely a show, a podcast about wrestling. And I, I, I am telling you to your listener, you will not be as sad. We will be talking about wrestling, but we're going to also be talking about drag, which we also talk about a ton on this show. Welcome to Grit and Glitter for the first time, Alex. Hi. I'm so excited so, to be on your podcast now. And this just came up by accident too, because I was just mentioning what we were talking about, and you just like poured out that you are a big Dracula fan. Oh my gosh, I discovered it like I think halfway into season two, and it was around Halloween, and I like saw it randomly on wherever it was streaming. I think it was still on the Logo channel at that point, and love horror, love drag was like this is the show <laughs> and i binge watched it and i'm obsessed with everything that the show is about it is my like one of my favorite challenge shows actually just in general of like any and all art or like across the board so i'm so happy to be here especially because i know nothing about wrestling like hardly anything Honestly, you get to learn a lot of really good basics in this episode. This episode is not a bad wrestling primer. Like, it, it glosses over Perfect. some things, and you're not going to really understand a whole lot about wrestling from this, but you'll get some of the basics, especially when we talk about, like, what kind of the queens, the, the like, conclusions that the queens had to make when it came to, like, how pro wrestling actually works when you're working with a partner in it. Um, but, Lindsay, you succinctly kind of broke this down in the newsletter, so I'm going to put the onus on you, unfortunately. Can you kind of explain... Dragula for those who are not super familiar. Yes. Okay. So some people might get mad because it gets uh, summed up as a spooky RuPaul drag race sometimes. But, you know, if you want to be succinct, yes, it's that. But the um, show Dragula revolves around the three tenets of Dragula, which are uh, filth, glamour, and horror. Um, so really the onus is on the filth and the horror, which is where you get a lot of these alternative artists. And it's been really like opening and welcoming to a lot of like trans and non-binary drag artists and drag kings who are like, I think there was maybe the first one on like RuPaul UK versus such and such season. Um, there is like one AFAB queen um on season yeah. two of uk yeah. that was the first afab queen was victoria scone yeah yeah she was really funny from what i remember i don't think i got yeah. all the way through that yeah. season she's not but, yeah. very long because she gets injured but yeah she was the very first afab queen in like the in the entire run i don't know if they've had one since but she was the first one yeah um but getting back to Dragula, the other thing that sets it apart besides like the alternative thing, getting back to the horror and the filth, um, they do like um, little challenges that are kind of like fear factor based. Like there's a lot of eating bugs. Um, there's a lot of like eating animal like organs and stuff. And they did a, like a bobbing for apples with like a pig head and some brains and like entrails and stuff. Like they eat a lot of gross things. Um, sometimes they just do silly stuff. Like in this one, they arm wrestle. Like that's that's their like scary feat that they do. But yeah, <laughs> they say like by doing it, it kind of like has them confront like a fear of their themselves and they come out stronger artists and sometimes it's just funny television <laughs> i don't know 
Yeah, that the first I, season, I feel like really honed in on their fears too. Like, I think Melissa talks about it in this season as well. Like, there were a few people that just, they couldn't even do the challenge, the fear challenge. And so like on that, they lost points for their drag later. Like one, they had to like jump out of an airplane. And I remember that because someone like got all the way up into the air and then was like, yep, cannot, cannot wow. do this. Yep. Violencia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, comparatively, this, I mean, so the episode we are talking about, but we're talking about a very specific run of Dracula too. We're not just talking about like a normal season. We're talking about like their version. If you're listening and you're familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race, how they do all-star seasons, um, Dracula just recently did in 2022, they did their version Titans, which was the same kind of concept of bringing like almost winners, popular favorites back from previous seasons to compete in like an all-stars-esque like season so it was a little surprising to me that the challenge that they're like fear challenge in this one is just like just arm wrestling yeah i was almost kind of hoping they would like cut promos because like they kind of like almost shot it like i had watched it so many times at this point i was like watching it through the wrestling lens and i'm like it is almost kind of like glover wow how they have like you know their little things backstage where they're like, oh, there was even a part in the episode where they run down like all the like the fight pairings, like what their beef was. And I'm like, oh, man, it's basically just like running down a wrestling card like Melissa and Astrid's kind of like the chicken shit heel getting comeuppance from like the buff baby face. <laughs> and they're like, oh, we don't really like each other. And like they have the best chemistry because of that. And like any wrestling fan will tell you, like a lot of like the best fights are people that don't really like each other necessarily, but are willing to make each other look good. Yeah. And I, I, like, I, I appreciated a lot of what it went into the actual wrestling challenge. I kept thinking like afterwards about like how they could have done a better fear related like mini challenge to, to start things off because the arm wrestling works mm. fine. It's entertaining enough to watch, but I do think there, there would have been a lot of like fun ground to play with that they didn't like take advantage of. Like what if they had to take a chair shot? What if they had to like pretend to go through like a glass pane or a door or something? Um, there's just so many things in the wrestling world that are like ridiculous and also could be potentially horror based. Um, I don't know. I, I don't have it fully figured out, Lindsay, but like, I kept thinking of like, how do you work a casket match into this? Like, how could they like done yeah, something like, with that? They've done like spots, or not spots. Oh my God, listen to me. <laughs> um, there was a extermination challenge and I think season two where they got like acupuncture needles through their skin. And um, that to me, I'm like, that's well, that's kind of like stapling. Oh, there's there's a stapling elimination in season three. Louisiana Purchase stapling all those dollar oh. bills to her thighs. I was oh, like, yo, she, this is CZW right here. Like, oh, where's Joe I Landing? love her like, so much. Yes, Louisiana. Oh, she's gorgeous. <laughs> it makes total sense for them, them to like have a wrestling related challenge in this world. Even, I mean, like, RuPaul's did one too. I think they did theirs in like season four. It's a much more like hammy, kind of like less intense version of this and um, like much, much more goofy, less wrestling based. I was really impressed by the level of like the wrestling that they expected from the, the performers in this. Because they were like, you know, we want to see these moves and everything. And then they had a fight choreographer like teaching them how to do these things. And while the pieces that we saw were kind of focused on like selling some basic stuff like hair pulls and stuff like that. I thought it was really cool that they like threw out some actual wrestling moves and kind of expected them to like do at least a few of them throughout this like this tag match. Absolutely. There was a moment um, when Melissa's wrestling Astrid like Astrid's like leaning out on the ropes and like yelling out into the quote unquote crowd and you have like Melissa sneaking up behind her and I was like oh my god she's gonna do a roll up and get a pin but no she pulled on her tail but no I was in it for a minute <laughs> like she was getting me worked and someone did pull out a chair yes there yes. was a chair yeah. was loving that like getting thrown around and taking chair shots it kind of ruled yeah that was kind of what I thought was like the fear-based thing was that when they had to learn all the wrestling moves, because so many of them didn't know it was choreographed and was fake. And then 
to have to trust each other, like not to actually like smack and hit and hurt each other in a way that like notoriously is really difficult, right? To like stop your hand right before you like smack someone or like wind up and like not hit them real hard. That to me was like the scary part of the whole episode was like, oh my God, all of these people have to trust each other not to like accidentally really seriously hurt each other both during choreography when you're learning and then during the actually challenge when you're performing like I I was when I saw that chair come into the ring I was like oh my god I hope no one like anyone who's hit with it gets up like I'm I like wrote it down I was like this I'm so nervous about this uh, on a side note Alex I cannot wait to take you to wrestling someday <laughs> it's gonna blow your mind oh my gosh <laughs> probably yeah <laughs> I, I thought it was cool that we got like elements of that work in there. And I, I think that it really came down to like every single one of these queens committed, even the ones that didn't like they, you know, we'll talk about like who kind of like who did lesser than the others. But I do think that the judges were all correct in saying that like they're really like they were nitpicking because all six of the performers who were involved in this challenge, like really gave it their all. And this is the type of thing that could could easily have been phoned in in like a lesser season or like a like a earlier if it was an earlier episode and you had some more weaker contestants but we had six queens who were like very very into the idea of selling this in whatever way they possibly did whether it came down to like really selling their look or selling the moves or selling both um some came kind of with a complete idea of who they were like who they were referencing and the type of wrestling that they were referencing and some just came like really cool and fucking fierce and either way, it all ended up being a really solid challenge. And then no one could eliminate. Well, yeah, for good reason, honestly. Because they were all working together to build each other up. Yeah, like, okay, amazing. so I don't, I don't want to jump ahead because I do want to kind of break down, like, the characters. Um, because this is really just where your, like, newsletter piece really just, like, killed me, Lindsay, is, like, how well you kind of break down each of the, the performers, each of the drag contestants, and the the, like, wrestling personas they came up with. So I want to give a, a good bit of time to that, but just jumping ahead of, for a moment, because of how strong everyone performed and how nitpicky they ended up having to be about the two contestants who were the weakest, I was so glad that there was a that there was a save here because it would have broken my heart if either of these women had to go home, either these performers had to go home, but especially if like Hoso had to, because that look alone. And like the reference points and using like the insect world and like the way that it melded so many different aspects of like, of, it, I felt like Hosu understood the design aspect of creating a memorable like wrestling look. And it was so cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, at first, I was kind of like, ah, oh, like, oh, I can't think of any bug wrestlers and, <laughs> and then Chikara. But um. Right. I was watching, I think um, there's a review that Kendra Onyx does, and Kendra described it. The fringe was just giving Macho Man Randy Savage, like mission accomplished. And I don't think that Kendra watches too much um, wrestling. I'm not sure, but she got the reference. So, like, yeah, there was a lot of like thought put into it. And even Eva, who was the other bottom, like, I have like nitpicky things about hers, but like I've watched it 12,000 times and like I can still think of like good things that I like about it. I'm like, you know, she's a bold Nakano palette swap right now and I'm living for it. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, yeah. And we can make fun of the pants, like the tearaway pants in, in like the entrance and like they're, they're pretty awful, but I got the look because I don't know if, if, if Eva was trying to do this or not, but you put it in the newsletter too. That's Jeff Hardy. That's like the that's yeah like, yeah absolutely that's, that's the Hardys like with the natty like the, the fish net and like the day glow and the tearaway pants. That is mm -hmm. like absolute Hardys to me. So like I got that, and I don't know if Eva like if she intended that or not, but like that's a reference point that I absolutely understood. So even though I don't love the aesthetic, and I did think it was a little like basic and like also like not that great looking. I also think she deserves props for like nailing it because also wrestling sometimes looks tacky and stupid. 
Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I did comment on her Instagram photo of this look when she put it up, and I told her, you got shades of Jeff Hardy. He would be proud. And a little while later, she came back and liked it. So I'm like, oh, yeah, my head cannons that she went and Googled, like, got Jeff Hardy 90s. and was like, oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right, so let's, yeah, let, we talked about Eva, we talked about Hosu. Um, Hosu's look was, like, inspired by, um, by Beatles. Um, I loved her quote about, like, Beatles are the wrestlers of the insect world. Um, I think it's a really interesting way to, like, base a look off of, base, like, a wrestling look and gimmick. And it, to me, married elements of, like, more of the Chikara, like, um, that, that kind of cartoony superhero look with, like, I don't like like a lucha, like almost like a like a lucha level like construction, um, complete with like you know makeup and masking. Um, so I thought it was a really neat look. I thought it looked really good in the ring. Um, these two characters were kind of these these two performers were put in the bottom mainly for their like kind of lackluster wrestling more than anything. Um, not even not even really for the like the look aspect of it. Um, Let's talk about Melissa. Alex, <laughs> yeah. Melissa, thoughts on Melissa right off the bat? Because oh, so she's referencing, God. obviously she's referencing China. Um, even if you're so not- I know like, who that is. Person. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like I, be- way before I ever got into wrestling, I still knew who China was. So um, that was a, and it's really smart of Melissa to pick someone who, um, it, it was smart of her to pick a reference point that anyone could get. Because it would be immediately recognizable whether you were a wrestling fan or not. Um, you likely would recognize the reference. Um, China also has a large following amongst you know people in drag and, and the queer community. So like that is also like a double sell right there. Um, and also it's just like it's a really great, it's a great reference point. Like China's just like an icon of women's wrestling, and it's a fantastic, she's a fantastic uh person to build a reference of costume off of. Um, so I thought it was just a really like smart choice. And well done in also yeah d- melissa for me was like the most realistic outfit again like knowing absolutely nothing I, like she referenced china and i immediately was like oh yes i have like the image of china from the early 90s in my mind like immediately and then the execution was incredible and for all of them i was thinking about actually like merch because it's like I can probably like I can recognize wrestling merch do you know what I mean like I can recognize action figures and I can recognize outfits and I can recognize colors and things like that so I immediately just like pictured there was a China action figure when we were kids and I just like my brain superimposed Melissa on that action figure and I immediately was like yes I want this like this is amazing I wanted to like play with this with my cousin's small stone cold action figure like on the floor definitely I loved it it was so great um I and also wrestling from Melissa too everything she did looked so realistic yes Melissa going into this challenge was the one that everyone was like oh yeah she's gonna like kick people's asses like don't like nobody wants to go up against Melissa and and Astrid kind of you know Seeing this as an opportunity to kind of work out their issues, wants to go out with Melissa. But I also think Astrid was just really freaking smart about this because, like, Melissa's gonna fight well in this challenge. It's gonna look good. You're gonna look good as long as you can kind of like keep up and sell what you need to sell. So, like, drama stuff aside, storyline stuff aside, it is smart to have like wanted to work with Melissa because she clearly knew how to fight. Like they had to learn how to choreograph it and work it. But like Melissa knew what she was doing. Oh my gosh. When they fell out of the ring and started wrestling on the ground, I was like, Oh my God. People wrestling outside the ring. Like it was, and Astrid was like real. Flexible isn't, isn't the right word, but like fluid, like all of her movements. Yeah, like the the their like difference in style and movement, how they approached the challenge was, and I think the judges said it too. Like it just really complemented each other because it like hardened and softened what both of them were doing in ways again that like someone who doesn't understand. Like I was totally immersed and a hundred percent sold that what they were doing was real and not 
choreographed, which was a cool experience. I was worried about Ashton's yeah. tail, unusually. Like <laughs> that tail seemed like it was going to get in the way when when she was introduced. It was so obnoxious to me when I was first watching it. Um, and then I was like, no, like she's using it to her advantage and it's making like I feel like this was almost done on purpose. Like they do that all the time in wrestling to like get you mad at them. Like they love it. And like Astrid perfectly embodied the role as the chicken shit heel like skittering around the ring like a little lizard like she got into character like i could see her wow like they have a cat lady there that like she'll like lock up her opponents like in her legs and like with her two free hands she'll like knead on the canvas like when a cat makes biscuits it's incredible and i'm like this is giving me shades of that and i love it like and like you said like they rolled out of the ring like there was like the smash on the turnbuckle and like I can't wait for you to go to wrestling either like you are gonna love it <laughs> um, I really liked um during the judging when Poppy compared Astrid's using the lizard tail um like Bianca Belair and her braid because again it's like it's one of those things where like depending on the way that it's portrayed that type of thing could be a, an obnoxious heel thing of like oh you're using something that is like ostentatious and like not necessarily a, a wrestling weapon as a weapon or it could be a hero moment of like, you're using what you've got and we love it. And there's a lot of attitude and charisma behind it too. So like when we, when we joke, Lindsay, about like long-term booking with these characters, like you could see uh, this lizard character, like turning face somehow just based on like their ability to kind of win the crowd over with this gimmick, including like the way that they use their tail. Mm-hmm. A little plucky little asshole. <laughs> you could just grow to love them. <laughs> Lucky little asshole. Um, okay, so who are we at left? Uh, okay, Coco Kane. Yes, body. <laughs> I was like, are these gonna pop? Like, are they just like solid? And someone, one of the contestants, makes like in a Talking Head um, interview, just says like, how did she get these? How did she pack these? And I'm thinking, yeah, how did she pack these? Because they look. They but are they solid because they can't be inflatable? They would have burst with all the activity that was they were going through. She jumped I... on someone's head. Yes, yeah. <laughs> smashed them like a pair of She smashed them. Yeah, like vacuum sealing is my answer for the travel thing. Got it. Got our maybe they were in her carry off. Yeah. Maybe she was like a deflated basketball. <laughs> Maybe she, yeah, maybe she wore them. Maybe that, yeah. It's like no, you can't. I mean, I, they're just this was me. <laughs> I can't check my boobs. It's kind of brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was clocked a little bit for the look, like the overall look. And I, I have to say, like probably as far as that goes, like when you have a breastplate like this, there really isn't like a, a whole lot you can do with like. The upper half of it and your lower half is going to be mostly obscured by said enormous breastplate. So the styling otherwise was probably like what really un like undoes this look a little bit, like as far as like coming up short. That's the only complaint I would have because otherwise this was a hoot to watch. And what <laughs> what transpires between her and Victoria in this whole thing goes in a direction I didn't anticipate but quite enjoyed in the like in, in the freak factor of it all yeah it was kind of just like the perfect cherry on top of like all of the like madness that was like building in there because just as like as a wrestling fan the first time I watched it like wow what a way to start a sentence um I was a little irritated because I was like but no one's working like <laughs> there's no hard cam <laughs> like who's recording this but like so you kind of have to like in my opinion just like watch it a few times and kind of just like focus on like one couple each time but yeah like it was was like the perfect like absurd ending to it I think <laughs> I kept waiting I mean again I kept waiting for these things to like pop or explode and I was like the minute she got anywhere close to like Victoria's various like sharp edges, I was like, that's it. She's going up like, a, she's going up, she's going to pop like a balloon. The contrast of their costumes or outfits like really worked though too, because I mean, Coco looked 
kind of i mean i when she came out i was like she loki looks like like a video game mm-hmm. like what you would imagine someone would make an option if like you were doing a wwe video game like what an avatar option would be and then victoria just looked like this total like biker baddie and the two of them together just like this like wheatsy bikini with like all of these spikes was a vibe I was so here for like it was so great Uh, yeah I I loved Victoria's look I loved this whole whole like like the whole put together look um I love the attention to detail um like not just in like the gear itself like the like you know the blade shoulder blades and like the you know spiky dick and like all the stuff, but like, but um, and the fishnets and everything. But like the the bodysuit itself, like the the body, like the muscle suit, and like the attention paid to like what those muscles will look like. Because and I was just like, it was so so thoughtfully constructed, so um, so neatly, like thoroughly, cohesively made, um, down to like the makeup and the unibrow and like the way the hair is styled, I just thought like, like 10 out of 10, like just nailed every aspect of this. And it looked like it, she looked like a wrestler. Like she looked like someone you could see wrestling. Like absolutely. Entry music, death metal, for sure. Like just entry music is screamo and the crowd just like going insane with that outfit. Absolutely. Absolutely. It was just like the perfect kind of like, 80s glow type villain like i don't remember which rocky it is but like there's a like at the end because i've only seen like clips of this movie where like rocky like is facing his like big scary like competitor and he's just those i will break you <laughs> i was like yo i can see that from victoria <laughs> like she might speak like three words of english but it's those three <laughs> yes uh. yeah it was very much like i like uh big like uh uh post-apocalyptic monster like, heel, razor, yeah yeah monster heel which you know is is something that is well well tread in wrestling absolutely done um but i thought i thought victoria did this in a way that was like referential to that but also fresh like this doesn't look like the same like mad max like inspired gear that we have seen in wrestling before not to diminish anyone who does that because oftentimes it's very very cool but like Victoria's looked different than these things that we've seen in wrestling. And I was like, there's going to be a wrestler out there who steals this look. There is absolutely going to be a wrestler out there who like, if they get to see this, they're going to want to steal it like top to bottom. So yeah. So Victoria goes up against Coco in the, in this, what do they call So it's a, it's a three on three tag, but they're calling it a battle Royal. Yeah. On the podcast. Cause I listened to the Boulez podcast that where they talk about this one too. They were like, but they couldn't say like get ready to rumble and stuff, so they had to be like get ready to wrestling time or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yes. yeah, no, like that was that was another thing that at first I was like, um, actually, this isn't structured like a traditional tag team or trios match. But then I was like, yeah, whatever. Like, and no one cool cares. Well, and they are referenced, they give themselves a lot of wiggle room here, whether intentionally or not, um, by referencing Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling in this challenge, because let's be fair, the original run of Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling wasn't exactly like the definition of like legit to the to the letter like pro wrestling either. So they have a mm-hmm. lot of room to play with this format. I felt the same way. I was like, it's actually very in the spirit of glow for them to just be like, I just learned this two weeks ago. Like <laughs> tomorrow's my first match in front of an audience. Here we go. Like I'm Helga the beer maiden. Let's do it. <laughs> Guten Tag. Yeah. If there's one thing I would have liked, I would have liked maybe one wrestler to do a more like cliche like character in like the glow model or even like the wow model of like because they all came up with stuff that was kind of like dark or fierce etc i guess coco's is maybe like the closest you get to like a like kind of just a, a big boobed babe archetype but it would have been really funny to have like one of the performers be like helga the milkmaid or like like i'm cowboy sally 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like this is this is what's got me like fantasy booking this place with WoW. And um in the I think it was yeah, it was the uh podcast the Boulet brothers did. They were talking about it and they're like, We have so many female wrestlers that are DMing us and they're like, I'm a wrestler, I would love to be a judge on your show. And I'm like, Yes, do this challenge every year, please. It will just based on the results of like well i mean i know it's titan so like these like these artists are are definitely like you know have honed their craft more than maybe some of the people who come onto onto dragula but like just based on the results of this alone like this is definitely a worthy challenge to repeat over and over again um you get so much action out of it they have to do so much physicality they have to do acting they have to do design they have to do all of these elements and then in a very unique challenge and they essentially do all have to work together this is a great, like, essentially group group challenge because as Astrid or Melissa or whoever figures out after they're as they're getting the like choreographed training, like you're not actually fighting. You're learning to work together to make it look like a fight, and that cracked me up because it was like, yes, honey, you're not. They're not going to have you beat each other to the death for fun. Although Melissa might do that just just because. I was going to say, if any of there was a TV show where maybe that was an option, I this one is definitely in the top. I guess I can't, fault the, I guess I can't call, fault the queens for thinking, oh, yeah, shit, they're <laughs> going to have this, like, like, blood battle. But, yeah, I mean, I think this kind of challenge really showcases the strengths of the queens in so many different facets, but also shows the strength of the show, the, the show's roster in general, because you have to, they have to make it all look good. And even the weakest moments in the this match aren't anywhere near the weakest moments of any kind of challenge that they've done in, in the in the prior seasons or like it just works. It works. It's very entertaining. It is like it, there's so much action happening, especially in the like last little like few minutes of it where you've got everyone fighting and you're what trying to keep track of all the like couplets like throughout the ring area. But yeah, it's just like it it's endlessly entertaining. And then you like get you you get these fully formed ideas from them, these character ideas. And Lindsay, like, as you've been saying with the fantasy booking, it's like, I can easily see some of these characters like coming to life in their own, in their like own wrestling realm. It's almost mm, sad that like, Dragula isn't big enough to like spin off into a wrestling show. Yeah, I would watch that. They should let me run it. <laughs> Give Lindsay money and time and power. You're here. <laughs> maybe they can team up with david mclean he he'll he'll he's always down for like a, a fun new idea right oh absolutely like that's what i keep manifesting like these things keep lining up like the boulet brothers had their halloween party at the belasco this halloween which is where they shoot wow like and i'm like i am going to make a point to get to like a 2024 like record taping of this and i'm like i'm gonna manifest it i'm gonna bring a creepy binder and all my ideas and find david mclean at the bar getting toasted on those fuzzy navel like alcohol wine coolers <laughs> and, and just be like let me talk gonna give you an offer dave <laughs> like why do i feel like david mclean still drinks bartles and james that's the one I was trying to think of. Seag or Seagram's. Like, no, like, I, like, oh, man, he's an animal. Like, like I can tell that dude puts that shit away. Like, they probably have, like, a 30-rack version of it for him. Like, we talked through each of, the, um, each of the contestants and their looks. For Alice, Lindsay, who was your favorite? Who was your, your particular standout? Honestly, I I started out not really digging Hoso's look. And by the end, I, again, was just picture. I literally took notes and all I could think of was the merch opportunities. Like, face on a t-shirt, dolls, signs, koozies, everything. So I, I really liked that costume the best. But I think Melissa and Coco were tied for my favorites. Melissa was just so good. And Coco was just so outrageous. And I don't know why, but the, like, 
smash on the face and her chest plate not popping just felt like the biggest victory of the whole match her being able to move in that thing at all like to get like, any kind of air just how and i think <laughs> it says that there's there's z's like if you actually measure that's the size of them which like is crazy but um yeah, I think I liked Melissa, but I think Melissa, maybe the more I'm talking about it, I think Melissa was my favorite. Yeah, what about she you, was, um, she was, uh, she was my pick too, Melissa. Um, like the moment, like the first words out of her mouth were, my look is inspired by China. And I was like, she's winning it. She <laughs> has to. Like, um, and also just be like, I think another factor that comes into it for me is that Melissa did this challenge in season one and she was like a lower scoring, like, uh, contestant on it. Like she did like, just like a little like diamond studded mask and like some yeah. cat ears and was like, I'm a cat. Yeah. Like there's even like a little bit during the floor show where she just goes meow. And like the sound recording is so bad, <laughs> but, um, it's, it's another thing that's kind of cool to me is that, um, in wrestling, um, someone that China encountered was named Miss Kitty. And like when she was introduced, she was just like, um a little like arm candy for this uh like chauvinist dude named jeff jarrett and um she's essentially just like a pick me and uh china and jeff jarrett have this match called a good housekeeping match where it's just like all of these household objects they bring out and like jeff jarrett's like women should stay in the kitchen and miss kitty's just like in like a little like slip negligee just like he like helping him cheat and stuff but China wins and like Miss Kitty gets like a face full of flour and she's kind of like humbled. And then she eventually like joins up with China and becomes the cat and they become like this team and she kind of like finds her agency through that. And I'm like, oh, wow, it's kind of like in wrestling how Melissa started as the cat and then she came back as China and won and this started her victory. I, oh, how wonderful. I love your brain, Lindsay. I love your brain so much. <laughs> There's I a bunch of brain worms up there, but they all have like six things in common. <laughs> Wrestling the best. And drag I, <laughs> your brain terrarium is a rich, fertile place to be. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of like healthy things in the soil kicking around. <laughs> but um uh I also feel Coco did a really good like I'm just gonna say like at least like half like all of them did a great job but like yeah. coco with the weaponizing of the body like that's another thing from wrestling like i was like i would love to do like an attitude era retcon where like coco and sable and like deborah and miss kitty all like team up and like are just like these sex sirens like uh there was a wrestler scarlet bordeaux who does that a lot i don't know what she does in wwe i think she just does like a lip sync how draggy <laughs> appropriately very draggy but that was I like her thing, like being sexy and allure, like Coco was and deadly. Yeah, Scarlett in WWE was basically just like a valet, right? She wasn't really. I wrestling. think so. I she was just like being a, a very person's cool. valet. Mm hmm. Bad stuff, but yeah, <laughs> that wasn't what Coco did. Um, and then of course Astrid. Like I went in like hating Astrid. I was like, oh, she's so annoying. Like I can't wait for her to get her ass kicked. Then I was like, no, this is just like a perfect device. And like the outfit was loud. Maybe could have gone without the um Daisy Dukes, but it almost kind of reminded me of that like Harlequin like thing that like Asuka had going on when she was in NXT, like all the bright colors and stuff. I'm like, oh, she's warding off predators and telling me she's poisonous if I eat her. <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, like I have a top three for this episode, is the short answer. <laughs> I really, I, I, I know I'm supposed to be annoyed by Astrid, and I, I can see why she would be polarizing and annoying um, as like a figure of drama, etc. But for going into this challenge so ready to fight Melissa and running to like partner with Melissa, like in that particular way, endeared her to me because like I too like having my ass beat, and uh, I also, I, I. I like I <laughs> metaphorically speaking, <laughs> if not literally, um, 
But I also, I get like what she was trying to accomplish with that like goal, but I also think it was a really savvy choice. So right off the bat, Astrid is showing that like she's intelligent in this game. Um, and I liked the look a lot. I thought it was really good. I know she got picked out a little bit for it being a bodysuit, but like it is all, like she said, it's wrestling. Like, like, come on, you're setting, you're setting yourself up there if you're not like willing to like put on a bodysuit. I think that's why the Daisy Tubes were there. And I really didn't care for that like element. And I wish that they weren't in that look. Um, but I'm giving it, I'm probably giving my, my top choice to Victoria because I just thought the look was so cool and just the physical aspect of it, the like taking away even the gear aspect of it, but like the bodysuit with like the muscle tailoring and everything just was so neatly designed and so well, like just, just planned and knew how it would be impactful. And I just loved it from like head to toe. So I like, I also think that she did a really great job. And even though her like, her business with Coco kind of evolved into like this super like lowbrow like silliness. Like I also am fine with that in my wrestling to a degree. So like I no complaints there. Uh, so yeah, I, but yeah, it's hard to pick one because I think everybody had kind of like a standout standout aspect to what they did, um, except for Eva, who like I just don't really remember anything that she did in the match. Yeah, Not, she like, was really any... loud, and it made me yeah. like tune her out. Like <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, like I remember Hosu biting a bunch, but I don't remember no, I don't. It doing I much else. There were like four moments where Hosu was doing the exact same thing, where she'd like kind of like race up behind somebody and then kind of like bite their shoulder or something. And I was like, after the third time, I was like, okay, I can see that like she locked into like the one kind of combo that she felt comfortable with doing, and she wasn't like using utilizing a lot of the moves that they had learned and choreographed. Where other other contestants seem to like use them a little bit more fluently and like more comfortably. And so they were varying up what they were doing. Astrid and Melissa being like the key, the key example here, because like they are wrestling and then they're brawling and both, and both elements look good, which isn't easy to do when you're brand new to it really isn't easy to like fake a fight like that. So credit to them for like making it work really well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my question to you, Lindsay, then is, of these, and you, I'm going to make you only pick one. Okay. okay. Of yes. these Titans, of these ugly ladies of wrestling, this 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 rematch roster, if you were to put one of them wholesale right into the wow-averse, who's going? Who are you picking? You know, I might have to go with Victoria because I keep mm -hmm. projecting that, like, weird gaudy accent on her like i expect her to be like i'm looking for moose and squirrel like and there is a wrestler in wow named chainsaw and she's basically just like a texas chainsaw gimmick like she has an apron which is very dragula that's like you know made of human skin like patched together like there's three or four faces and she's kind of just like this feral type monster that's just like choking people out at this point and i could just see them together like melissa or not melissa uh victoria just maybe being the one that like does a little mic work and it's just like this is my sister chainsaw <laughs> like that would be ideal for me yeah i'm just to give you the very thing about wow alex um wow is basically like the modern glow and so um all of the wrestlers have like very high concept meaning like kind of broad uh characters um there's a white rapper named bk rhythm there is a coach named coach campanelli there's like it's all like it, just archetypes stereotypes played for the most broad audience but within Beautiful. that, there's a surprising amount of, like, fun to be had there. And what you lack in, like, sophisticated wrestling, you make up for more often than not in, like, really kind of incredible character stories and, like, wrestling-related stories that are really fun to recount. So it's, like, really silly, but it's incredibly accessible and it's very entertaining, um, which I think, in essence, w was was Glow and is, is essence is so much of the drag television that we see and it fits really neatly. I think one of the reasons why it's so tempting to do this kind of booking, this kind of fantasy booking with these wrestling characters from this episode of Dragula and wow, is because they, they, they marry very well. They marry very neatly. You can find so much drag element in a promotion like women of wrestling, because it's like, it's 
women's wrestling, but played to like the drag level of like that, like drag elevated style, that drag elevated sense of everything that exaggerates the performance. Like, yes. Yeah. You might really dig, like we did a episode on it recently, but the pilot of glow, like Matilda, the Hun's character, she could be friends with Victoria black too. Like she was like a really huge, tall German cannibal. And like she wrestles a girl that looks like little Debbie. <laughs> oh my it's god. It's wonderful. Yeah. It's yeah. Really uncomfortable. Like child child versus <laughs> Yeah. Cannibal. Uh, cannibal. Jimbo and Shirley Temple. <laughs> it's incredible. It is so that sometimes I think about that episode, that very first episode of Glow, like it's a fever dream because I swear I watched it like with a fever or something because it doesn't make any sense to my brain. But if you go back and watch it, it's like, nope, that's that's what that's what they put together. Yeah. David about- McLean Enterprises. Ah, oh, he's so he's so proud of himself. <laughs> the hilarity of a German cannibal fighting someone who's character as a child who also sells tasty snacks is has sold me <laughs> like, the song about how she loves eating meat it's incredible yeah like i like does little that like does she bring an oatmeal cream pie to the performance no. like i'm just i'm in it no but she does have a little brother named like little johnny and he's in the hospital and <laughs> in the middle of the match he comes in with a security guard on his crutches yes. And like gives her a thumbs up and she's like i'm gonna win johnny and then she does that's right she beats the cannibal for her little brother <laughs> yeah she oh, bites her too like i love it oh oh yeah but yes if you uh if you just want like 30 minutes of uh like surrealist art just as a wrestling show uh, please find the pilot episode of Glow on YouTube, Alex. You will not be disappointed. It's a great group watch. It's uh, it's it will not bore you, although it might confuse you. There is a song that appears at least three times. The same oh, song. Patty Labelle too. I mean, I'm here for Patty Labelle. Yeah, they got the rights to use "New Attitude" by Patty Labelle, and so they they're like, "Well, we paid for these rights. We're going to use the song roughly 17 times in 30 minutes." It rules. <laughs> I mean, at this point, I just am going to have to watch it with you. It sounds like I'm going to have too many <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make that happen. Okay, perfect. <laughs> okay. I'm so happy. So, I'm so happy for you, too. <laughs> um, so if, if you are listening to this and at all curious about what we were talking about and you want to see the action for yourselves, this is episode six of Dracula Titans. It was a season that came out... Uh, it was the most recent season until this current season of Dragula. So we're on season five now, but so it's from 2022. Uh, you can watch it on Shutter. Um, you can watch it on various services if you have a Shutter subscription. Um, highly recommend checking out Dragula in general. It's a great, it's a great show if you love drag, if you love performance art, if you love horror, if you just like need something new to try and you're familiar with RuPaul's Drag Race, but you want something a little different. Like this is definitely a like alternate universe version of that it's the like dark underbelly of it and it's it's really really interesting show it's always entertaining and yeah as we saw from this episode like sometimes these challenges just the performers really go above and beyond for like what they're asked to do so yeah this is episode six of dragula titan season um called uh, ugly ladies of wrestling the rematch um, highly recommend it. Thank you, Lindsay, for bringing my attention to this episode um, because it was so fun to like have an excuse to go back and watch um, Dracula again because I'd kind of fallen off of it. And um, now I'm going to like start at the beginning of Titans and watch the season because I have not watched the season all the way through yet. Oh my god, enjoy. Um, it does kind of end a little like I don't know if like somebody got sick or something, but the end isn't as grand as it could have been for a grand finale. But other than that immaculate (laughs) this is the first time i've watched titans um which i didn't 
I didn't like realize that they had the iteration. And when you text me about it, I honestly, my first thought was like, oh my God, it's like Project Runway All-Stars. This is going to be incredible. And then I started binging it. So it is indeed incredible. Oh my gosh. I, I have to find Project Runway All-Stars um, because I'm curious who they brought back. I fell off Project Runway, but I watched like religiously the first like six or seven seasons. Well, Santino yeah. is one of the first people they bring back. I realize that's not related to wrestling at all, but I would encourage if that's one where if you want to watch it, I am here for tech support for you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think I, I'm, I'm, there was a, there had to have been like a wrestling challenge for Project Runway, right? There's no. had to have been these. What? There's no, I don't think so, a- but that is a brilliant idea because i imagine the like all of like the specialty fabric like working with like lycra and spandex and all of that to create something that people could like move and do all of the things in would be killer they're according according to imtv i did a quick search um project runway tv episode from 2008 raw talent Remaining designers are challenged to create an outfit for WWE divas to wear in the ring. Oh my gosh, I need to see this. <laughs> I do not. Uh, okay, so I guess 2008, though, was like 15 years ago. So I don't remember that episode, but I am now going to also go and rewatch that entire season. Yeah, now I have to go and see. Oh my God. They did Layla, Maria Canellis, Tori Wilson, Candace Michelle, Lindsay. We gotta, we gotta cover. This is another, this is another pot yes. episode. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> okay, so friends, we're gonna meet again. <laughs> yes. Oh, and this, yeah, because this is a very interesting era for um, women's wrestling in the WWE. This is peak divas era. This is a great season for Project One Runway because this was looks like was this season four? This was Christian season. It was Christian, Christian Seriano. season. Christian Seriano season. Oh, so good. Oh, shit. I did. I must have watched this when it aired because I was, that was like the season that got me hooked. Okay. All right. Well, we have our next re- reality show competition meets wrestling meets completely unrelated like territory um, subject matter. We will definitely be revisiting this. Uh, friends, I am so glad we got to talk to Dragula. I'm so glad we got to talk to Drag again. We could. We could honestly, we could talk forever about like the intersections of drag and wrestling. We have so before. Definitely check out our prior episodes. If you're listening to this and you have listened to some of our other episodes that have covered this, it's been well covered. I won't list them now, but we'll um, maybe in this week's newsletter, we'll, we can shout out some of the episodes that you can check out. If you are more curious about drag and wrestling, don't miss um, our episode from, I believe it was September with Charles Stunning, who is a burlesque performer and wrestler. Cover a lot of that ground there too. Until then, we'll be back next week. But if you need more grit and glitter, you can find us as always on Twitter, on Instagram, Grit Glitter Pod. You can find us on Patreon where we have where you can get things like if you subscribe at the one or five dollar level you can get our weekly newsletter where you can read such amazing things like Lindsay's newsletter from this past week as well as weekly essays from myself harley my co-host and our um, glitterati correspondents and we also give you some matches to look forward to for the coming week also we do bonus podcasts harley and i are working on the next episode of women's wrestling entertainment where we trace the history of women in the wwe we are firmly in the 90s now, so things are about to get interesting, if not better. So stay tuned for that. Lots of horrible things to talk about in women's wrestling in the WWE at that time period. Until next week, thank you for listening. Lindsay, where can people find you if they want to stalk you on the internet? I am mostly on Instagram. Um, I set my threads to private because nothing's really happening on threads and I'm not putting up art there anyway too much. And on Blue Sky, if you have a Blue Sky and if you need a Blue Sky invite, I have five. 
I'll have to talk to you off air about Blue Sky and whether or not I, because I keep getting people sending me messages like, hey, do you want my invite? I'm like, I can't, I'm old and I don't want another form of social media, but I am yeah, like intensely I, curious. I don't use it. I have, but I kind of like it because I have like, I think like 40 people I follow. So like my list is just like three people. Alex, if anyone wanted to find you online, do you have any accessible online? Oh, I don't because I'm not a big social media person. Hey, amen. Don't bother Alex. Alex is not yeah. online. Love it. <laughs> if you've got a message for Alex, you can send it to us. Yes, send it. Yes, for sure. Send it to M. She will be, uh, she's my new secretary, backslash admin, <laughs> backslash life manager. So. <laughs> Until next time, friends, uh, tune in next week. I didn't check my notes, so I'm not actually sure what we're talking about next week. <laughs>